Well, welcome everybody to episode 25 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. Uh, we normally would, you know, following a race weekend, we had the Austrian Grand Prix. Normally we'd recap that in, in some detail. Uh, and it was a good race. Max Verstappen won, but that wasn't particularly interesting. He kind of led wire to wire, had it, had the grand slam of pole position, fastest lap and first place. So he had a wonderful yeah. race with Valtteri Bottas coming in second and Lando Norris in third. So another podium for Lando after a great drive, qualified second. So, I mean, he continues his run of great form in that McLaren. But the reason we're not going to recap that is more interesting things happened in the past week uh, <laughs> that I, I, I really wanted yeah. to kind of hear in, in full detail. So why don't you tell us why you took an impromptu trip to Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I still don't know if it was like the best idea I've ever had, but I kind of just, you know, said to hell with it. I've been <laughs> talking with you and mm-hmm. my wife and whoever else will listen about <laughs> BMW 2002s mm-hmm. um, for kind of years now. And I yeah. basically been on the sidelines for a while watching them every summer just get more and more expensive yeah for the last and, like couple of years you've kind of had that as your that's what you wanted for like your fun kind of sunday drive car yeah it's just you know and and i guess to take a step back i mean what about that car i mean part of the i think part of the question you know in my mind was well, I would, I'd love someday to have a, you know, an air-cooled, you know, 911 mm. or something like that. Yeah. But that market has gotten more and more expensive. Yeah. Um, it's gone, so, it's gone crazy. Right. And I just thought, yeah, I, I was talking just as a, a reflection, the, the shop in LA that would eventually do my PPI, I was talking with him and he said, you know, if you wanted to get the same type of 911 restored to this level... Mm-hmm. You're looking at a hundred and thirty, hundred and twenty thousand dollar car potentially, right? And it, I yeah. just, I was like, man, that's like what a new one costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> bare no, bones, of course, but yeah, still, you're um, you're you're getting it for sixty grand and spending another sixty to seventy to get it where you want it. Yeah, and that's you know, so that's kind of what I realized with watching the the 2002 auctions in the market for the past couple of years is I think some of that market who had interest in the 911s have crept down into this market. And from my perspective, I'm not really buying this car as a, you know, blow your socks off, you know, rocket ship. Um, I've kind of already got that with my, my Taycan. It's really Mm -hmm. just looking at a different ownership experience. Just right a different way to engage with driving. I mean, this thing, you it's know, you the look at the Taycan, exactly. I was just going to say that the Taycan mm-hmm. is like a digital platform mm-hmm. where this thing is completely analog. Yeah. I mean, you it's know? carbureted even. <laughs> it's carbureted, yeah. no power steering, none yeah. of that, you know, and it's a manual and it's loud as hell. Yeah. Um, being inside of it, because this is the one that I ended up getting was, a 1971 2002 TI. And so mm-hmm. just to kind of take a step back, they started producing these probably in the, I think it was after like the 1600 or something in the mm-hmm. uh, 1960s. And they carried them through into the 1970s. And they were kind of the forefather of the three series as we know it today. 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's a sports sedan. So, you know, there was the 2002, which was a single carbureted engine, and then the 2002 TI, which was a, a dual carburetor, and then mm-hmm. the um, TII, which stood for Touring International Injection. And that had a fuel, fuel injection for the engine. So each of those kind of had a little bump in horsepower. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been watching the market, you know, I'd saw a 2002 TII in Bacall Blue, and that had that sold for like $90,000. Yeah. And, and I just thought, okay, my colors are, I want, you know, a lime green one, an orange one, or this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Fjord Blue or Bacall Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were kind of like where I was looking. But I certainly did not have any interest in spending ninety grand because yeah. as you and I talked, I basically where we live, you know, is not Los Angeles. There's not a 2002 restoration shop around, in around every the corner. Other corner. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't exist up here. Um, yeah, there's some support, but probably not, you know it's not people who probably are not as maybe knowledgeable about that car or. You know, and so down there, everybody just knows it in and out. It's like the Mecca of the 2002 place. And so we thought, you know, I talked with Alex about this and we kind of talked Mm -hmm. really ad nauseum and thought the sweet spot is a car that is sorted. um, It's running. It's enjoyable. It doesn't have a lot of work left. Yeah. um, But it's not perfect. Yeah, so like what we what we had talked about is that there are like three tiers of like these kind of old classic cars. One is like the project car that you're getting yeah. cheap but needs a ton of work. Two is like the running, driving, good condition, but not a concourse level restoration car, just something that right. you're going to enjoy and drive. And then like the top is the concourse. I can go to Amelia Island with this. Yeah, and, and win awards. And win awards. And you kind of were like, well, I, one, you didn't want to spend 90 grand to get the Concorde car, which I don't, I completely agree with. No. And two, yeah. you wanted to be able to, to just go drive it. So basically, it like the yeah. sweet spot was I, that kind of middle one, which were what going for between 40 and 60, depending 60. on. Yeah. You know. And I thought, you know, I have some very rudimentary mechanical skills, and I'm sure. You know, if push came to shove, I could probably figure out, you know, with those rudimentary skills, how to sort some basic things. Right. You know, like I've got a bunch of equipment for our property that I deal with all the time. And so I have like some knowledge base, but it's not it's not a mechanics knowledge base. And so I I have to kind of accept that fact. And so I think like you just said, it kind of put me in this range. And the thing that I, you know, like we were talking about this last week that kind of, I spent a bunch of time on bring a trailer um, and just kind of reflecting on my, you know, observing the market over the past couple of years mm-hmm. and just thinking it's, you bring a trailer is a great venue, but you're really kind of relying on the peanut gallery to give these cars, you know, a once over basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is just a great case in point and something that, you know, kind of freaked me out in the past few weeks was uh, a TII went up for auction by a guy 
and it was in the color, oh, yeah. you know, Bacall blue. It was right. almost like the same car that I bought. Yeah. And it really got beat up by the by the peanut gallery. And then well, and the scary thing there is you look at it and it the looks pictures nice. it's like, oh, it looks like a pretty nice car. Yeah. And then, you know, come to find out, I went back and looked at a, a number of these other sales that he had made. And at least one of them, which I think went for in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Somebody got back on and posted on the auction that they knew the owner and that the owner ended up finding a lot of rust in this thing. Yeah. And I think at that point in the market, that probably shouldn't really have been acceptable. You know, some right. rust, okay, but not this amount. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to find a car from 68 without some rust or, or yeah, something. Right. But exactly. it still is, you know, these online auctions to me are a little bit nerve wracking because I personally don't ever want to buy a car without getting a pre-purchase inspection. Done. Yeah. 100%. You know, and, and you're just, you're relying on a bunch of, you know, oftentimes very knowledgeable commenters, but still they're just going off of the videos and, and pictures that are posted. And, you know, that may not tell the whole story, not, yeah, not compared then, to and, like having it up on a lift. Yeah, exactly. No matter, you know, doesn't really matter. Like, Case in point, you know, this car that I bought is is pretty well sorted, but, you know, it even has a couple of tiny engine, you know, oil leaks or some seepage. And that's mm-hmm. only something I would have found with a PPI, you know, no number of photos. Right. Bring a trailer. I mean, you detail you know, a car well me. and don't let it, you know, you, you detail the car and then don't run it again until you take pictures and like there's no oil. I mean, you would never know. You, you wouldn't know. And then in particular, this guy is just kind of the whole online concept kind of freaks me out a little bit for these. Apparently, he had two user accounts and had used his other account to at least bid. put in one bid yeah. on the car. And he it was like, car. what the hell are you doing, man? And so yeah. all of that together was, you know, somebody said in the commentary, you know, if it if it looks shady and it smells shady well right probably is probably shady. is yeah <laughs> and so yeah. i think so this car i found in um you know california at a dealership that specializes in classic cars primarily they sell on uh, you know Porsches, old school, right? yeah porsches even though like right now their inventory is completely depleted but yeah i was um, looking on their website and like they don't really have hardly anything yeah it's <laughs> I, all like I think, new I think they're suffering from the same thing a lot of these these dealers, these kind of independent dealers are suffering from in that they just cannot get stock. Yeah, that's basically, uh, Neil, the owner, said to me, he's like, yeah, you know, I get seller's remorse now because I mm-hmm. part with these cars and I think, God, I probably could have sold it for more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it, um, anyways, yeah. so this I saw online. Uh, probably, you sent me, you texted me like the link and we're like, oh, this, yeah. this is pretty sweet. And you, you kind of went back and forth on it for yeah. what a, a week yeah. or so. Kind of yeah, I mean, I saw it a few weeks ago. You know, I thought to myself, ah, it seems kind of high priced. But, mm-hmm. you know, I got in touch with them and asked, um, you know, it basically had gone through a, I'd say a full restoration, really. They even built the right? engine. You know, so that was the interesting thing. I think, so this is a, it's a 2002 TI, which actually was never brought to the North American market, but it was brought to Canada. Mm -hmm. So I think it came from 
uh, Canada. Um, and I believe that the restoration was done probably in Europe. So it might've got, you know, back import, you know, brought back mm-hmm. to Europe, owned mm-hmm. there for a while and then imported to California eventually. Mm-hmm. And while it was in California, it, um, underwent a engine rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. and so they re-sleeved it, new piston heads, kind of a ground up restoration on the engine. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the car, they really made an effort to keep everything as original as possible. Right. And so, you know, there's not a modified steering wheel on it. It, it looks like it would have, you know, almost like rolling off the factory floor. And so I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. <clears throat> um, the TI in general is, is a little bit of a rare bird. And so that's probably contributed to some extent to its, you know, to the price to the price. And then the fact that it was really, really well done. And that's, yeah. you know, from the PPI, you know, I remember I got in touch with Matt who owns uh, Ronan auto works down there and does a lot of work on 2002s. He races them actually, mm-hmm. which um, is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, he said, that's I really, you looking over that's that. That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he, I got, I eventually ended up going to a shop when we flew out there to take a look at the car. But when I shipped it out there and he went through the PPI, he just said, you know, I really am being nitpicky on this car. I'm really beating it up. But that's because at this, you know, price level, your expectation should be that it's, it's basically fully sorted. And in essence, it, it really was, you know, the things that he was nitpicking were things that will probably, you know, like a little bit of engine leak at the oil that he was confident he could, you know, easily sort out. Mm-hmm. The high beams, you know, didn't it didn't flip between low and high beams. You know, the horn didn't work and the odometer didn't work. All of those yeah. fixable probably mm-hmm. with, you know, under $1,000 worth of work. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what kind of sold me on the whole thing when I was down at the shop, looking at it, going through it, taking it for a test drive, there was another 2002 on the, on one of the lifts and it had been repainted kind of looked like a Nardo type gray. Oh yeah. And, um, the guy had basically bought it for 40,000 and then he'd Mm -hmm. done a, you know, the repaint and had, you know, reupholstered the interior Mm-hmm. But the engine was in just kind of dire straits. And so mm-hmm. Matt said, I've got this engine and I'm going to hold on to it probably for the next month while I work on it. It'll be somewhere around 17,000 mm-hmm. to to get this thing. And he's like, yours is still miles ahead. Yeah. You know, so he was already into it. Lines. Yeah. You've got probably the only one thing that is not original on that car is they put an electric fuel pump, which honestly is great because I don't want to really be screwing around with a mechanical fuel pump mm-hmm. and having to let it crank for a minute while it's, you know, sucking up gas out into the engine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we test drove it. It's, it's an, it is a, man, it's a really weird experience. I said to my <laughs> um, wife, I was like, you know, as soon as I got in the car and just smelled the car, I just was like, this totally reminds me of like my grandparents' cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like a faint, you know. faint smell of like of gas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just wild. Like it's just loud, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're shifting. And so there's, you know, that, uh, the, the steering wheel, I kind of finally dawned on me 
like why the hell are these steering wheels enormous mm. it's because there's no power steering <laughs> yeah you gotta so you, you literally gotta, need the the lever radius yeah you need a large <laughs> radius to turn thing. it so i've driven i've driven a car with a small <clears throat> aftermarket steering wheel that had no power steering and it was a nightmare <laughs> yeah it's just it's not at all practical you know you're you're muscling this thing around corners yeah. and stuff. Well, you think um, back to like your your grandma's car or something like that, and they would have <laughs> that little knob that projected out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that is that's why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So you know, we we kind of my wife and I we talked about it for a while. I chatted with you, mm-hmm. you know, thinking like, where is the sweet spot here? And obviously you know you could get you could get into one and you could get lucky and you get one at you know uh, maybe 30 to 40 mm-hmm. and if you got really lucky you got a good one and yeah it doesn't actually need let's say more than like 10 grand worth of restoration to kind of get it to a point where it's an excellent condition car um, but you could get unlucky and yeah it's got a lot of rust you know issues with the engine and you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars you know to get it to the point where it's you know a runner yeah right and yeah, so I mean, that, that's kind of the, the gamble it's like it is yeah whereas this thing i could go have an expert take a look at it i could mm-hmm. walk down eyeball it drive it look in every you know nook and corner and no. every cranny you know look for the rust you know and just talk with an expert who's like yeah i I do a ton of these and here's where you really need to be worried about rust and there's no rust. Yeah. So you're making a much more informed decision. And you know, I'm, if I'm honest, it probably cost me an extra 10 grand you mm-hmm. know, potentially like, um, but you know, on the other hand, you know, these guys put tens of thousands of dollars in rebuilding this engine. So mm-hmm. it's hard to exactly know. I'm, you know, the owner of the shop was like, this thing's been a real buster for us. Cause we had to, you know, sort out the engine. It was knocking when it came in. And I guess for whatever reason, the, you know, probably maybe just age, you know, the piston mm-hmm. heads didn't quite, you know, fit like they used to. And so they had to come out. Um, and, and so, you know, I think looking back at the market, you know, some, some nice 2002s went, this 911R guy had brought a couple to market over the past year and they went for around 50 and some of those were kind of modified, but others, you know, had had work done. Like you could see the body work. I mean, in the trunk where the wheel arches were, you could see they'd cut all that out and Mm re-welded. And, um, and so like. Each of these are 50 years old. They've all had a, you know, a different experience. Um, yeah. You know, and so that was like kind of just realizing like that was where the market is now. Yeah. And they're not making any more of these. Right. And my concern was, you know, this, these are just going to keep going up and up to the point where they're going to end up being like the 911s. And yeah. it's just going to be like too expensive to really be able to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. and and you kind of have to dis- you kind of have to pick your poison with these older cars you know like if you get one that's been well used it's going to have parts that have worn out like you said like right. parts in the engine but if you get one that's low mileage well there's a price to be paid for a car that's been sitting in a barn for 20 years you know they're yeah it's, it's going to be rotting 
yeah. in other places. So you just kind of have to decide, like, am I going to get a car that has been run and and deal with the issues that, that brings or or deal with the issues of a car that's been used as furniture, essentially? For Right. Yeah. For you know, and, it, and it's going to be an interesting experience for me. Like, I've always thought about doing this and mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it could be kind of fun. It could be a cool experience, you know. It's gonna it's gonna still probably have issues. Like it's just the nature of something that's fifty years old. It was probably only meant to last a decade. Yeah. Um and so my hope is that what I'm looking for in this experience is the opposite of where everything else is going in life. Everything else is getting digitized. More, more complicated. More complicated, less mm-hmm. interaction, you know, more like you turn this wheel and there's a bunch of electronics that send info to the t- wheels and they turn and yeah. it's all variable. And, you know, this, this has been my suspicion. And I said this on one of our older podcasts, like I think more and more as, as everything around us becomes digital and complicated, I think appliance more, like, yeah, appliance, like these sorts of things are going to start demanding a real pretty penny. These yeah. analog, simple, you know, straightforward, in our case, cars, but anything, you know, I mean, it, look at people that are like, you know, they go back and get a record player. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's just, just something magical about it. There's a, yeah, it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I did not, I did not at all buy this with the plan to flip it in three years and try to make 15 grand. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I, I could conceivably get rid of it in three years. Just thinking like, yeah, it was a blast. I love the experience, but I'm, I'm going to do something different now. Like I could see doing that mm-hmm. potentially, you know, I could see holding on to it for a really, really long time to the point where, you know, things are, parts are no longer supplyable, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then who knows, who the hell knows, maybe electrify it down the road yeah. when, I can't, when I can't find somebody to work on it and parts just don't exist for it anymore. I have no right. idea. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what the, you know, more and more manufacturers have been coming out saying that they're going to be supporting some of their cars for the long term, like, uh, Mazda has said that they're going to make they're going to start remaking old Mazda Miata parts so that's that cool people that have a 91 Miata can get a new part from Mazda for their 91 Miata that's um, pretty sweet Nissan's doing a similar thing with their Skylines you can buy yeah, a and that brand makes new, sense, right you know you can buy a brand new Skyline engine um for your 89 R32 so I, it's another revenue stream for these companies who obviously have the patents on on their specific design for their product and it and it I think earns a lot of kudos from the community of collectors who love these cars and want to you know be able to keep them up for decades. Yeah, and it's kind of a testament, you know, it's almost it's like interacting with history. I mean, it's hard to believe mm-hmm. but this car was around running around before you and I even were. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, By a and decade. the damn thing can still drive, you know, yeah. like it's neat to see, you know, that automotive history and interact with it, participate in it, mm-hmm. um, you know, feel it as you're driving. And it's right. kind of cool because it's the 
for a runner to the BMW, you know, three mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Um, this and you thing can is, see the direct lineage. You, you see, you see a 2002 and you see like, yeah, for sure. An E30, right? like yep. 325. And you're like, oh yeah, that's, I see where that exactly. Yeah, the evolution. Yeah. You can, you know, and it, and it's plays to some of these automakers heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, BMW as a company is still around. They're still doing well. You know, they're mm-hmm. producing great cars. Maybe aside from big nostrils, yeah. <laughs> um, we can argue about that. But um, you know, they're producing great cars, and so there's still there's still like a pull. There's a you know gravity right. well that people you know get into orbit with, and yeah become members of the car club and then they start digging back into the you know heritage and they're like oh i would love a you know an old m3 yeah. you, you know, know or well, it's, like we talk, it's like we talked about before like you know the beauty of this is yes bmw is still making really impressive cars but they're not making a car like this a small no, they're lightweight sedan like they don't, yeah. you know, there's... This thing is bananas. It is so tiny. It is, like, laughably mm-hmm. tiny. I, I love how, like, cute and just car-like it looks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it was allowed to be that because you don't have hundreds of pounds of stuff yeah. that's now required by the government, you know, whether it's... You yeah, know, backup cameras. And yeah, backup sensors. cameras and all that. All that is out the window, so... You know, you've which very you know is another topic. thing I thought. Yeah, when I was test driving it down there, I was like, um, I am definitely not taking this out onto the LA freeways. Yeah, mad <laughs> at at Ronan. He took it out on the highway for like a good ten miles to put it through its paces and mm-hmm. see how it ran. But I'm you know thinking this is going to be like a Sunday, go get coffee, run a you know yeah. errand in the evening. Well, you um, had you had a real come to Jesus moment when we were talking about it on the phone. Like the you had this realization, like this has 1960s safety standards. <laughs> there are no yeah. crumble zones. There's no crumble there. zones. It's there are no metal. airbags. There's no airbags. There's no side curtain airbags. Like there's a reason people died, and you know the car looked like it had barely been hit. Both passengers yeah, exactly. killed. It's because like. <laughs> You are the crumple zone, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. So, you know, we're so, going yeah, to keep it pretty ones. low key. Yeah. yeah. Daily driving, it's a little intimidating. but <laughs> Yeah, we will uh, not be daily driving. So, so I, I'd love to recap just the the timeline real quick, because obviously, you know, you said that you bought the car, but I loved that I, I get oh, a text yeah. from you on like that. Thursday, I think it was, thir- two, Wednesday maybe, yeah, saying like, saying... Uh, so I might be going out, Steph and I might be going out to LA tomorrow. <laughs> Basically, yeah, about a week ago, I was almost ready to pull the trigger. And then I kind of freaked out, like, I thought, I'm buying this too high. You yeah. Know, maybe everything will come back down. Yeah. You know, and then I just, you know, like we were talking, is this is this just a stupid decision? These things are not at all safe to drive. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, I just thought on it for a week, got back in touch with them, and they they said, no, the car's been sold. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, you know, back to the yeah. drawing board here. I'll be another two years before I find another one in the sweet spot that I can trust and get a PPI on. Right. And then, you know, Neil down there reached back out to me and said this, the guy that was going to buy us was, was waffling on it. So, mm-hmm. 
it's yours if you want it. And then yeah. I just said, you know, the one thing I'm missing here is I need to go drive it. I need right. to see how this thing works and just see if this will be the experience that I hope it is. And, yeah. and so I convinced my wife, who was also kind of looking for a trip, mm-hmm. hey, you want to go to L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, let's go do that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so, so then we so went you guys, and checked it out. Yeah, so you guys flew out, and you... I was impressed with how quickly everything came together in terms of getting a PPI on it. And Yeah, and, that uh, was really helpful. I mean, I'd kind of done my homework the first time around when I was waffling on it myself. Yeah. You know, and found a shop with somebody who was reputable and been restoring these for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, then I just said to the dealership, hey, I'll you know, knowing this is just a bananas market. I mean, there's, yeah. And, and I wanted to ship it to the other side of LA. Basically I was like, I'll pay for the shipping, mm-hmm. but the I'm not going to be really confident in this car until I can have somebody who knows what they're doing. Give it a once over. Yeah. I, I think that's mm-hmm. smart. I mean that you just, you know, especially with an older car, you just, you know, there's going to be things like you can't yeah. realistically expect it to just be pristine. So it's just a matter of like, you know, we talked about it on the phone the night, first night you were there, like you have to decide are the things that are wrong with it deal breakers or not? And right. if they're not, are you going to fix them? Do you Because if you do, then if you're going to, then you have to factor that into to the cost of the car. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay, great. The car's X amount of money, but if it's another 5,000 to get it to where you want it, uh, where you'll be happy, then it's, well, the car is not X amount of money. It's X plus $5,000. Plus 5000 you know, yeah. and where this car is at, it doesn't really need much. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, yeah. I, I never, so what did you decide? You know, you said that there were a few issues with it. What did you decide yeah. finally? Like, what's the plan? Are you, are you getting Ronin to fix some stuff and then be shipped? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the shifter's a little bit loose because it's been, you know, used for 50 years. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to get that replaced. And then I wanted, um, I wanted, basically, I guess with these older cars where they're, where the grounding wire goes in, they just, you know, get corrosion or Mm -hmm. don't work quite as well. And so when you fire it up, you'll see all your gauges kind of go wonky mm-hmm. and it's just a grounding wire issue. So they're going to fix um, two, you know, leaks, which by leaks, I mean, are more like seepage. You know, if you left it for six months, you'd probably have a small spot on your, you know, garage sure. floor. It's not, sure. it's not op- apocalyptic. We're going to fix that. We're going to fix the odometer just because total mileage is unknown at this point, but mm-hmm. I'd like it to work so I can convey to the next buyer someday when i owned it i drove it for let's say three thousand miles miles, you know right five years like right was taken care of and wasn't overdriven Mm -hmm. and while they're doing that they're going to be able to fix the horn and the high beams um nice and then you know the only other thing i did ask him about and i'll kind of follow up with whatever i discover but I think it's just how brakes worked in the seventies. You know, they're a little soft, Oh, but I think that's, yeah, you know, it's drums in the back discs up front. Mm -hmm. You can, you can obviously upgrade all those things, but I don't know that it would make a huge difference. And frankly, for the amount of driving I'm going to be doing with it, 
It's yeah. just something you adapt to. It, it feels reminiscent of like my grandfather's, you know, Ford out of the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, this ancient. You push yeah. the, you know, breakdown and you're thinking to yourself, it's going to take me a hundred some stop. feet to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Even at 30 miles an hour. So I need to yeah. get on this. <laughs> I, I would bet, I would bet that that is just what it is. I mean, I think it's just what it was, man. We're, we're so, we're so used to, Pretty. I mean, you and I have both been driving cars now for a while that have really good brakes. Pretty spoiled. We're pretty spoiled, and so (laughs) you know, having a a, soft, soft brake pedal is not a not a uh, common thing. uh, Yeah. So I mean, so otherwise, that's like that's literally it. Sweet man. I mean, that's as as far as we know. I mean, that's literally it. You're gonna get that knocked out, and then hit the car here in like what a month or two probably you know he said these are small enough issues he could knock them out pretty quick you know Mm -hmm. his shop is full of 2002s so he's a busy guy yeah um and then it'll just kind of come down to shipping companies and stuff what Mm -hmm. uh, what's that cost and i can tell you exactly what it costs yeah, it's gonna. It's, yeah, because you're shipping it from be... about the same place I did for my. 9-11. Yeah, yeah, it'll be expensive. It'll be obnoxiously <laughs> expensive. But I said, one of my friends said, uh, "You want you? Should we cross country this thing?" <laughs> I was like, no. Hell no! Yeah, not <laughs> that we yeah. will likely get killed. <laughs> yeah, imagine going that. through like Wyoming in oh my gosh. in in late but, July in that. Call. Yeah, it would be pretty sweet. I think. You know, open roads, I probably feel okay with it, but not, not, not getting not out of LA or, yeah, no, I agree. People on their phones, um, just not good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, there's no margin of error for me. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's totally understandable. I, I think getting a nice, uh, covered enclosed transport and, yeah, just being, you know, I think that's the way to go. So, well, it's exciting, man. I I cannot wait yeah. to see it and go for a ride. It's pretty it sweet. Yeah, it it's pretty <laughs> sweet. We'll take it for a spin, and we can have another episode talking about what what you think about it. And... Yeah, no, I I love it. I'm I my closest experience to something like that is a friend of mine had a three twenty five, an E thirty three twenty five, that I back in high school that I drove and. It was such a fun little car, man. Like it was just yeah, handled really well. Yeah. Didn't have too much power to get you in trouble, you know, but it was yeah, just super yeah. fun. I think this thing is probably like 115 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is which I mean the thing is it at that point for what you want, it's all about the balance of the car. Like is yeah. 115 horsepower appropriate for the suspension, for the brakes. Yeah. It's super tiny. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. just laughably small. I love that. When I got out of the the, the Uber, I was just laughing. <laughs> yeah. And the the Uber driver, uh, Mark was his name. We were talking about cars the whole way out to the shop, which was like a half hour drive. Yeah, he he perfect. got out and was taking a look at it too. He was pretty excited to check it check out. Check it out. That's cool. He's like, well, this is like a car you'd see in. Havana, Cuba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm gonna need to wear my, you know, fedora hat and, and have a huge cigar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the half open Tommy Bahama shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Well, cool, man. I'm excited for you. Um, yeah, we'll definitely Thanks. kind of recap it when uh, when it comes out. But um, I, yeah, I'm sure it'll provide plenty of conversation in the future <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, well, very cool, man. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that pretty much wraps up the story to this point. So, All right. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week. I think F1 is off. Um, I think the following weekend is Silverstone, the British TV. Yeah, but next weekend, right. we'll, we'll uh, either be talking some news or if there's not any interesting news, maybe uh, kind of do one of our longer form discussions on a different topic. We'll see. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. Please, uh, you know, comment and and uh rate us on itunes and uh until then we'll see you next week